Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. Hi, and welcome back for another episode of the Art of Giving a Damn podcast. I am super excited because we've got Sharon Lynn Wyatt with us today, who I guarantee you have probably never heard of what she does, but you will be amazed at how you can use this and apply it, not just in your personal life, but in your business. So I want you to make sure you've got a piece of paper and a pen and you're ready to take some notes while we discuss uh, her art and science today, which is uh, nameology. Uh, Sharon is a na- nameologist and an award-winning author who specializes in guiding people towards more purposeful lives and meaningful social interactions in their business and in their interpersonal relationships. And as we go through the interview today, I'll share with you some of the different places she's been featured and things she's done, but I know you are going to find this absolutely fascinating. So Sharon, thank you for being on today with us. Oh, Michelle, it is my joy to be, be able to join you here. You so, know, and I, we just have so much to share. I'd love yeah, to share with your audience. Absolutely. You know, when we connected and you shared with me what you did, it was one of those things that I'm like, wow, I've never heard of this. And that makes total sense. So you want to share a little bit about how you discovered nameology and, and what it is? Okay, so nameology science is a study of the placement of the letters in the name and how you can use those patterns that are formed to know anything about anybody. So it, our names absolutely reveal all of our hidden secrets. So That's a little is, bit scary. <laughs> it's actually wonderful because what everybody who has learned nameology has shifted in their understandings already is that the judgments go out the window. It's like everybody has gifts, everybody has challenges, nobody's better than somebody else, everybody's approachable because now you know how to talk with them and how to interact with them. You know immediately who they are. Yeah. Well, and that's what your books are about. I know you've got a series, you're working on the third one. The first two were Know the Name, Know the Person, and the second one was Know the Name, Know the Spirit. So that's really a fascinating idea that just by knowing somebody's name, you can immediately figure out those kind of things about them. So how did you figure out that there were these patterns in names? Well, it was in my seventh year of teaching and I was at the beginning of the year, you're giving your list of names. These are going to be your 150 students for the year. And you start putting them in seating charts. And as I was putting them in seating charts, I started thinking, you know, Joshua next to Julie, they're going to be clowns, but separated, they'll be okay. And Derek's going to need extra help. And so put them up close. And Stephanie's going to be stubborn. So put her over here on the side where I never have to change her seat. And anyway, I was starting to do my fourth class and I dawned on me. I went, wait a minute. I don't know these kids yet. So first I got, it felt guilty. Oh my gosh, I'm assuming things about people I don't know. And then curiosity took over and I said, I'm going to write down everything that I'm getting, that I'm feeling or knowing or something about this person. And then I'm going to put it away till winter break. I want to get to know the kids for who they are. When I looked at my list and my notes at winter break, I thought, that's it. This is so accurate. So my brain has picked up some kind of a pattern. How do I make it conscious? Now, it helps to know that I have a math major 
from college and I have my master's degree. So my brain is thoroughly trained in patterns and I was teaching math at the time. So it took me 15 years to figure out all the nuances and all the patterns. And then I went and tested it in 72 countries. Does it work everywhere regardless of language as long as they're using our lettering system? And the answer is yes, it does with some few nuances. Wow, okay, that is fascinating. So what motivated you to take this science and turn this into your business? Because you were in teaching, you were doing well with that, you've got your degrees in that. What was it that, that made you go, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna teach this? Well, every time I shared it with somebody, it was like, it, it just opened their eyes and it opened their world. Now, I was very shy and nobody would believe that today. And, and it really helped me to know who I was talking with. So I know, do I trust this person? Do I not? Does this person have a temper? Does he not? Are they honest with money? You know, are they not? So it made it very comfortable for me who, the reason I think I was able to do this was because I was always observing other people and watching, not always participating. Mm -hmm. Okay, I had to feel very comfortable with someone before I'd open my mouth. And so... Um, with this, I could know exactly who I was talking to within seconds. So then as I was sharing it with other people, they would go, oh my God, you're changing lives with this. And I think I'm not changing lives. The science and the knowledge it brings to you literally gives you permission to be who you are and who you always wanted to be. Wow. That is a very cool. And I know that's, that's something that so many of my listeners are going through themselves or are figuring out how to be brave enough to take that step into, like you said, what they've discovered or what their gifts are, which I know that's part of namology, right? Is helping you discover your gifts and your talents. It, it's right there. It's like blatantly obvious. So the first book, Know the Name, Know the Person, reveals all the personality. Here's what you came to learn. Here's what you came to share. Here's your strengths. Here's your challenges. You know, just on the personality. Then Know the Name, Know the Spirit is what's your purpose? What did you come to really learn? What did you come to share with others? Where are your gifts in careers, in, in abilities? You know, And so many of us, what I have found, think that if we can do it, everybody can do it. You know, So there's nothing special about anything. Instead of saying, my special combination is this and your special combination is that, and we're all special in our own unique way. And the names just show it. And it's really fun when I go, I'll, be doing a name reading with somebody and I'll say, you know, your name really indicates, like yesterday's reading I was doing it, I said, your name really indicates you would have made a great postmaster, you know, somebody in charge of the post office. It's just the perfect name for that. And the guy started laughing and he goes, I'm a retired post office person in charge, you know? Oh, wow. And I, and I said, well, you went into the perfect career for yourself, you know? Or when, or when like the last time I was on the radio last week, one of the call-ins said, what would I be good at? And I said, you'd be really good at a nurse or a manager of a place that uses those skills, like a retirement home or a huh. assisted living place. And she goes, she goes, that's what I do for a living. I'm a nurse and I'm assistant living manager. And she goes, how do you know that stuff? And I go, you know, it's just there in the name. So when you're looking for where is your gift and where's your talent, when you start looking at the name and you say, hey, here's the gifts, here's the talents, and you can use those in these professions, then people get really excited. And what I hear the most often is, when I was a kid, I wanted to do that. And then I thought, uh-huh, and somebody talked us out of it, or we didn't want to take that class that you have to take to get there, or, 
but as a kid, you knew. Wow, that is really fascinating because that's something that I know anybody who does business or life coaching, we hear that so much as well. When I was a kid, this is what I wanted to do. And somehow I ended up on this other path and people are looking in a sense for permission to find who they really are and share that. So that's, that's so fascinating that that's in our names in that way. So when you first started sharing this with people, it sounds like you got a lot of positive reaction to it. Did you also have people who were kind of uh, doubtful about it? Oh, I think there was always, you know, those doubtful Thomases or those people that go, no, no, that can't be, you know, or that doesn't fit into my religion or my view of the world or whatnot. And I looked at that and I said, uh, that may be fine, but I'm onto something, <laughs> you know? And so one of the funniest stories is with my dad, who, when he would call me up to talk and I'd say, oh, hold on a minute, dad, let me just finish this thought I've got because I'd always be in the middle of working with letters. And then I'd say, okay, I, I can pause now and I can talk. And after a while, he says, what are you always working on that every time I call, I got to wait. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, dad, I'm doing this thing with names and I'm finding the patterns in names and I've got to complete an idea before I can talk and I lose it. And he said, like, what? And I said, okay, dad, give me the name of somebody, you know, and I don't know. Now he mm -hmm. was living in California at the time and I was living in Texas. Mm -hmm. So lots of people. Okay. And he's a physician. So he knows lots of patients, lots of people. So anyway, he gave me a name and I analyzed it for him. So then he gave me the second name and I analyzed it. And after five names, when he really gave me the sixth name, I said, wait a minute, dad. I said, how many names is it going to take? Five, 50, 500, 5,000. How many names do you want me to analyze to show you that I'm onto something? Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, it's interesting. He goes, but I'm not going to endorse it. And I said, dad, I don't need your endorsement. I'm onto something and I'm going to keep working on it. And then he goes, well, what are you going to name it? And I said, well, I'm thinking about alphabetology. And he goes, but it's not the study of the alphabet. It's the study of names. He goes, name it, nameology. And I said, dad, you can't trademark a common word like name. So he says, spell it the Latin way, N-E-I-M-ology. And so I think it's absolutely ironic that the person who wasn't going to endorse me and didn't know about this actually named it. <laughs> That so is, you, never, you never know where you're going to get support and the answers that you're looking for. There you go. Answers can absolutely come from the most unusual and unexpected of sources. So what gave you that confidence to say, I don't need someone else's endorsement or validation of this. I know I'm on to something that I want to share with the world. My first name ends in an N. And people whose name ends in an N don't need other people's approval. Wow. Okay. That is very interesting. So when you look at, at nameology, is it based on each individual letter, the way they combine, or is it kind of all of that? Okay. So you have four placements of letters. You have the first vowel of the first name. So it doesn't matter whether it's the first letter, second letter, third letter, it's the first vowel. That's the most important letter position. That's our communication style. That's how we learn. That's how, what kind of gifts we like. All that's sitting in the first vowel. Then you have the first letter of the first name, which is the first impression we give somebody. Okay. So like yours is an M and that's, those are manifestors. People uh -huh. whose names start with an M can manifest anything they want to manifest. They just have to stay focused. Then you have, you have the last letter of the, of the name of the first name. I'm just doing first names right now. And you have the last letter position and that's the lasting impression that we have on somebody. So like yours for an E, there's a lot of names out there that end in an E. That is a generosity of spirit. Okay. 
Okay, and then sometimes you give away your time when you really don't have your time to give away. And anyway, that's a whole long story. So then- Okay, so have, accurate so far. <laughs> so then you have the middle letter positions, okay? And then you have, what is this letter sitting next to and how do they interact? For an example, the C's, I have mnemonic devices for all of it because I don't like memorization and you have to memorize a little bit. So the C, the people whose names start with a C are charming and charismatic to cover their need to be in charge and in control. Huh. Okay, so they love being in charge and in control, but they're so charming that everybody goes, oh, okay, we'll let them type of thing. <laughs> okay, so then you have that first C. Then you have the H. I call that my holy letter. Those are the lucky people. They get in the river, they go with the flow, they end up exactly where they're supposed to be. They're always making lemonade out of lemons. We look at them and we go, how come you got it so easy? Okay, that's the H. Now, let's put the C next to the H. This C wants to be in charge, the H wants to let go and see what happens. So their constant turmoil, do I stay in charge, do I let go, do I stay in charge, how much, how, how much can I let go without giving away me being in charge, whatever. So if you have a C-H in your name, like in some Michelle's, whatever, mm -hmm. it, you have a tendency to do things the hard way because you don't know whether to hang on or let go. That and where's the balance? Fascinating that you're able to figure that much out just for the letters of name, because yeah, <laughs> I, I would say that's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this is something you use when you first meet people. You're able to kind of size them up in a way to tell how to communicate with them? Absolutely. The minute you say, you know, hi, and you introduce yourself, and they're saying their name, I always say, and how do you spell that? Because we have such different spellings nowadays. And as they're spelling, I'm analyzing. So by the time they're done saying their name, I know exactly who I'm talking with. Wow. Okay, so... And if somebody was brand new to this, they're, they're just hearing this for the first time, is it something that you've got to learn like all those rules or is it just like learning what the first letters are? Is that enough to get you started? How do you approach it if you want to learn to do in, this? In the second chapter of the first book, mm -hmm. if you just learn that much, you can sell to anybody, you can communicate with anybody, you know what kind of gifts to buy them. If you're a teacher, you know what style they learn in. I mean, there's so much information just in the first vowel. That's six letters. Just learn the six letters of the first vowel, and you can use that. And what happens is, when people see how effective that is, and of course, mine is an A, we're all very practical people. If we can't use something right away, out it goes. You know, we don't want anything that's not, you know, useful or whatever. And we're the best re-gifters because, hey, I don't need this, who can use it, out it goes. <laughs> so, because we're very practical people. So if you know that about just the vowels, just the first vowels, which uh -huh. is a whole chapter, six letters. You can talk to anybody. You can sell to anybody. Mm -hmm. You can buy for anybody. You can teach anybody. And so every, if you just learn that, you're great. And then you take every chapter, which is another position, and you just start incorporating that in. And it makes sense with different demonic devices and stories because I'm a school teacher, right? And yeah, so it's okay. done in an interesting way so that you remember it as you go along. And then just for those people who go, oh my gosh, my brain's never going to get this. There is a whole chapter on mnemonic devices to help you put it all in. Oh, wow. Okay. So when you say first book, that's the know the name, know the person, right? Correct. Okay. And Correct. that is either on your website. People can find it at knowthename.com. Yes. Or they can go to Amazon, whichever is oh. easier for them. Awesome. Mine's on the website is usually a little bit, you save more money, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> also, if we have a special deal for your listeners, and that is if they want to get the 92-day program, which is where they start learning it in five paragraphs a day or less because mm -hmm. we're all busy people, and it's really short, simple, quick, and you start learning it, I will literally send you the book for free. Oh, awesome. Okay, so I will make sure the link to the e-course version of this is in the podcast notes. So wherever you're watching this, there should be show notes either below the video or uh, linked along with the audio. So you can check that out. Make sure you take a look at that because uh, Sharon has not only books, but the e-course about it. You've got an app about I've got an app you called an Name Meetings, but okay. it only does the first name. So it's very generic name. just to a first name. Uh-huh. Okay. And then you've also got a program where you certify people in this. Yes, that's when you really want to go into depth because the e-course is 92 days and you learn the basics and you learn how to get started and enough that you're going, wow, this is really helpful. But the course itself is 15 hours and you go in depth and you really get to know the whole system. And so, and then I have a second level. I only have two levels. The second level is for all the subtleties, all the little nuances that you can see and how you compare two names. Like so many times I will compare two names and I'll go, this should be a lifelong marriage or I'll go, ah, this one should last about 12 years. And sometimes people go, you know, why do you say that? And then I explain why. And I was at this one place I was teaching oh, out wow. in Sacramento at a real estate uh, office. They had asked me to come out and teach. And, and so at the end they had a little bit of extra time and I was trying to figure out how to explain the comparisons. So I said, okay, guys, let me use you as guinea pigs, right? And I'll give you this comparison piece. And so when we did it, when we were all done, I looked at the man mm -hmm. that was married to this girl that was working there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I said, at first, you know, hey, we can use anybody. We can make up names. And he just insisted it was them. So I said, well, I don't hold punches. Uh -oh. So here we go. <laughs> so when we got through with the process, that's very short and simple. Then I said to him, I said, you're married to the perfect person. There's nothing that upsets you about her. She is just your Miss 100% perfect. And he goes, yep, that's it. And then I looked at her and I said, and when I'm looking at your view of him, it's always got to be his way or the highway. So when you agree, it's your 50%. And when you disagree, he takes his 50%. So he's always getting his way. And I said, because of how this lays out, I would give your marriage 12 years and you're going to say, I'm tired of this. I don't want to put up with it anymore. Wow. And she looked at me and she looked at her mother-in-law who had hired me that was the owner of the company. And she got her finger out and she was saying, this is the best workshop you've ever made me take. And then she looked at him and said, are you listening to her? Are you listening to her? And I looked at her and I said, so how long have you guys been married? And she goes, 11 years. And I go, man, you've got to change over there. <laughs> You're in trouble. Oh, wow. So that's, that actually brings up a really great point. Do you find that learning these things about yourself, about the people that you're in relationships with, really empowers you to kind of take charge of certain aspects? And if you're conscious that you can make better choices around some of those, or is it more a written in stone kind of thing? It's not. The whole reason is to improve your life and change it. You can say anything to anybody if you know which words to avoid and which words to use. And everybody has push buttons depending on their first vowel. And everybody has other words that don't bother them at all. So if you just learn what goes with each vowel, you can say whatever you want and people can hear you. 
That is absolutely fascinating. Um, and that makes sense because so many times we're trying to communicate the way that we want to be communicated to, and it just doesn't work with somebody else. Um, so that, that makes a lot of sense. Very cool. So when you decided to, to take this and, and turn it into a business and you've got books, you've been featured on, I, oh my gosh, your media page just goes on and on of the different places that you've shared and you've taught workshops on this. Um, what's been your favorite part of going sort of a non-traditional way with a business? Um, I think that's really a great question. I really think my favorite part is that people give themselves permission to be who they are and to be more authentic when they get to know nameology science. Even having a reading where they get the information given to them, is, you know, it's not for everybody to learn, but just the information that's sitting in the name, it's like it's freedom. Mm -hmm. And to see people, it's like flowers opening up and blossoming. And they just, you know, it's beautiful. I love that piece especially when all of us have little parts of us that we'd rather nobody else know about. And when you realize, like when I'm giving a name reading that, oh, here it comes and there's no judgment and it's, and you can literally see in the name why you have that part. And okay, for an example, the letter D comes with clutter and people have clutter if they have the letter D in their name. If I'm looking at first names, okay? So they have clutter. Well, it's like the key to an ignition in your car, and it turns on your brain. And if everything's too clean and neat, your brain doesn't get started in the morning. So it's really difficult. But if they can look at the clutter and go, oh, I really should do something with that clutter, then the brain starts thinking, and then you can think about anything, because now the ignition, the engine's running. And so they always have clutter. And so, so many people with the letter D, when I go through that with them, say, you know what? I've stopped judging myself for my clutter. And I've noticed now why I need the clutter so I don't need as much clutter as I used to Interesting. need. I can see where that would be really a rewarding part of the business to see people make those connections and really give themselves permission to accept who they are because that's something that for so many of us our whole life we, we try to mold ourselves into you know what we think people want or expect of us and it does feel a lot of times like we're fighting against what we already know we are, what we're here to do. And I love what you said at the beginning that you discover um, everybody has gifts and everybody has challenges. And nobody's perfect. <laughs> you know, and I really got a, a new definition of perfect. And it's perfectly willing to be authentic. Oh, and that's what perfection that. is. There is, there is a power that comes in that when you're willing to be authentic, when you look at the businesses that really make a difference in the world and the people who step out there with something that is unique and different and really reach a lot of people and help a lot of people, it's because they are willing to be authentic. That's a great definition of perfection. Right. We're perfectly willing, you know, and it, and I used to say as a child, I used to say, oh, please take my strong will and make it, you know, thy will, not my will. Right. And so when I was doing this, I literally tested it through the Bible to say, would the characters in the Bible do what they did based on the name interpretation of, of who, you know, if I'm interpreting their name, would that character then do what they did? How and that, that was my go? first testing. 
Well, it went really well, but then I read like the major textbooks of all the major seven religions uh -huh. so that I would test it in each one. Would these characters, these people that were are being emulated for us, mm -hmm. would they have done what they did? And where are their challenges? Where are their flaws? Are we only showing the good parts? Are we only being shown the bad parts? Where's the rest of them? You know, and it makes reading those texts come alive and so much more interesting. I bet I can. I can imagine how fascinating that would be to see certain characters in religion and literature um, in more of a whole person type way. Yes. For an example, there's that song about the boy named Sue and he had to have a sense of humor. Well, the U and the E hold more humor than any other letters in the alphabet. Hmm. So if he had named, let's say he had named that person in his song, Bridget, none of us would have bought it. Huh. You know, because Bridget would not have made fun of him, made fun of himself or whatever, because uh -huh. that's too serious of a name. But because he used Sue, which is silly and humorous and whatever, and they would have a sense of humor, we all bought that story and we all laughed along with the song. Mm. And so it sold a ton. And so a lot of people in Hollywood will name a character based off somebody they know because they know that name fits those qualities. Right. And that, that's okay. something I was just thinking about when you said we all bought it because of that naming. It seems like to some degree, intuitively, we kind of know there's patterns in names because I know most of the women I talk to, they'll say things like, I know I don't date guys with this name anymore, or I'm attracted to guys whose names have this in it because of the experiences they've had uh, throughout life. So I think we do in some ways kind of sense those patterns come up in people's names. So it's, it's really interesting to know there is actually a science behind that. Well, I think intuitively we do know. And I think what all that I was able to do was bring it to the surface and say, ta-da, here it is. You know, let's make it more conscious than being unconscious. That's fascinating. So how does that affect like stage names, names people choose for themselves or maiden versus married name? When you do name names, is it based on like name at birth? Or how does that affect things? Okay, so that's two great questions all put together there. First of all, the name at birth gives you your purpose and what you're here for and what your gifts are, okay? Mm -hmm. The name that you go by lets you know how you're going about that and what personality you're using to do that. So as we change our names, then we change our personality. But our core reason for being here doesn't change because that's located in the birth name. Okay. Then you ask, what about stage names? Okay. So let's just take Lady Gaga. If you look at her personal name, she is quiet. She's subdued. She's observant. She's more of a listener than a talker. She's giving good advice. She's listening at a very deep level. And then you take her stage name. That's her personal name. Then you take her stage name, and she is all out there. She's a factor for change. Like, how can I be more different this time than last time? And her whole name says, I want to just, you're going to like me, but I'm going to be so different and so radical every single time that you're going to be going, oh my gosh, who is she today? So oh, she's got wow. two totally different personalities. So because she doesn't use her stage name at home, she can be who she really is at home, which is a lot more quieter and subdued versus this persona that allows her to then create this aspect of her to give on stage. That is really interesting because you hear a lot of people say their stage name, they feel like they're a different person when they're using that name. Huh. Because we're going toward vibrational science uh -huh. and a name holds the vibration. 
okay? And so when you're changing your name, you're literally morphing into a different vibration, okay? And there's a science out there called somatics, C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S, and that literally says that sounds can change our DNA. And what sound do we identify with the most but the sound of our name? So when somebody says to you, who are you? Answer with your name as if it says it all, and indeed it does. Wow, that is, that's really interesting. So changing your name can actually affect your personality, who you are as a person. Yes, it takes seven years. It's like an hourglass of time, and that sand comes in, and it slowly changes and slowly morphs, and after seven years, you've got all the qualities of the new name. Wow, okay, that is, I had no idea. That is really fascinating. So how does something like a, a marriage affect that as far as that type of name change? Okay, so that's usually a last name, uh -huh. okay? And the last name represent our, represents our environment. So the right. first name is the essence of who we are, and the last name is our environmental influence, like who others would like us to be, you know, and uh -huh. what's around us and what do we attract to us. So when you're changing your last name, you're literally saying, I am no longer attracting these type of people in these situations. I'm now attracting these. And what's really cool about it, a lot of people call me and say, you know, to get a session should I change my last name should I not and I say well this is what you bring now and this is what you'll bring there so then make a decision but you can tell if there will become violence in the marriage by, the, by looking at the new last name you can tell if you'll get along with in-laws or not by looking at the last name I mean there's a lot of you can tell so whether you want to take that name or not and how it's going to affect you Wow, okay, I wish I had known you like 15 years ago. We could have had a really fascinating conversation. <laughs> That's so interesting. Okay, so if I wanted to to learn just one or two things that would be helpful in, like you said, the, that social situation where you've got somebody you've never met before that you're, you're trying to start that conversation with, what are some, some tips for how to approach that using namology? Okay, so if you want to connect quickly, my big thing was, how can I get the other person talking so I don't have to talk? Right? Okay. So if the first vowel is an A, it doesn't matter the position of the first name. It could be like an A, the first letter, like Alicia, or it could be A, the second letter, like Sally. It could be A, the third letter, like Sharon. It doesn't matter what position. It's just as long as it's the first vowel. Okay? We're just talking first vowels. So... These are the people that love to learn and they read books and they keep the bookstores in order. So you just ask, have you read any good books lately? Well, tell me about that one. Tell me about that one. And okay. off they go. They're going to tell you about what they're learning, what they've read. Oh, this is so good. You ought to read this one and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Okay. So just ask them about what books they've been reading lately. And, and if it's not an books, A. A is the first vowel. And, okay. and if it's not books, it's magazines. So it's just reading material. Okay. Okay. If your first vowel is an E, you're going to ask how they are feeling because these are our feelers and they want to tell you how they're feeling and they want you to respond to that. Whereas if you tell the A, how are you feeling? You know, how are you doing? Or they go, oh, waste of time. You know, what next? <laughs> you know, okay. don't, don't waste my time. So an E is how are you feeling? And then you share a personal story and then they'll share their story and off and running. Okay. The I, like in mm -hmm. Michelle, you ask about family. They're all about their family, good, bad, or whatever. They're always in the midst of something with family. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you just ask, how's the family? Mm -hmm. You know, is everybody good with everything? And they'll tell you all the latest drama and the whatnot. 
and they're often talking. Okay? Okay. <laughs> With the letter O, if the first vowel is an O. They love to be the boss. Okay? So you ask them, if you could run the world and change one thing in how the world is run, what would that be? Because they're the boss, they want it run their way, they'll tell you. Great question, okay. Okay, now, if the first vowel is a U, they're all about entertainment, they have short attention spans, they get bored really easily, they like to be entertained and they like to be entertaining. So you tell them, you say, ah, I heard you like jokes, I've got one for you. And you tell them a joke. They will respond with another joke and you just swap jokes for a while. They'll think you're the best person out there to have fun with. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The first vowel of a Y. Okay. These are the people that observe and watch and learn and listen. And they're always saying, eventually it's going to be my turn. I'll be the one in charge eventually if they want to do that. But they're the only ones that can be the boss's boss. Okay. Interesting. So they, they love to give advice. Just ask them for advice on anything. Hey, do you have any ideas on how to do whatever it is? You know, or how do you get your white so white? You know, I mean, it doesn't even matter what the question is. As long as they can give advice, they're happy campers. Interesting. That, that's, that's really some great tips because that, that does give you, kind of puts you with, no matter who you're talking to, here's how to open a conversation. And I love that it's focused on what they'll be interested in because that is the key to you know, building rapport, building a relationship with somebody is knowing how do you kind of unlock them, so to speak, to get them to feel comfortable enough to talk with you and, and open up that communication. Very cool. So I can imagine yeah. there is enough to learn that would take, well, obviously, uh, decades <laughs> to really get <laughs> into all of the science. Um, so for people who want to know more, the best place for them to go is knowthename.com. Okay. Yes. And guys, so make sure you go to knowthename.com and that's where you can find everything we've talked about. Um, you can find both of Sharon's books there as well as the, the link to the Science Basics e-course where you get just those, would you say it's like five paragraphs at a time? Yeah, it's five or less because we're busy. Now, if they want to take the full course, it's 15 hours. Literally, what took me 15 years to figure out, I can teach to everybody so far has learned it. I can teach in 15 hours. Wow. Well, that's what happens when you've got your degree and experience in teaching. You can take those <laughs> crazy complicated concepts. And I mean, just in what, three minutes there, you already taught us how do you approach basically everybody out there in a way that gets them talking to you. That's, that's amazing. Very cool. Okay. So guys, make sure that you check that out. There'll be a link below the video or in the show notes where you can find out more uh, about that course and about all of the things we've talked about today. So if you were to leave people with one piece of advice when it comes to um, being brave and stepping into what they're really here to do, what would that be? I would say, what makes you happy? What brings you joy? And if you can share your joy with somebody else, it's contagious and you'd be surprised how popular you become overnight and how much support you get. It's literally sharing what makes you happy. I love that. That's not only great advice, but something that I know anybody can probably hear just in the audio, but also see uh, on Sharon's face as we're talking about this, how yeah. excited and passionate she is about what she's discovered with this and its ability to really help you discover who you really are, what your gifts are, maybe deal with some of those more challenging parts of our personalities and be able to connect other people 
in a different way. So if you're anything like me and you are that wallflower who freezes up when you go to start a conversation with someone new, now you've got some tools to help equip you to have those conversations. And I know we didn't have time to go into it in this episode, but you're able to actually also apply this to the sales process and how to sell different things to people based on their needs. The ones that have been taught namology that are salespeople from car salespeople to real estate to whatever, they, they so far have always gone, if not the top, right near the top of the best salespeople. And when everybody goes, oh, it's just beginner's luck, or oh, it's just whatever, they kind of snicker because they know exactly what to say to everybody the minute they've heard their name. Awesome. So what's the best way to learn more about that application of the, of the science? At the back of chapter two, I always say, if it's not practical, because I'm that A, if it's not practical, why bother? So in the back of chapter two, when I just talked to you about these first vowels that we already did one aspect of it, mm-hmm. it says, now let's apply it. So it says, let's apply it in different ways. And one of the ways that we're applying it is if you're a car salesman, what do you say? What do you do? How do you treat that client? And that can be carried over to any sales. But there's quite a few examples there to say, this is how you do it. Awesome. Okay, so guys, make sure you also grab a copy of that book. Look for chapter two. Again, you can find that at knowthename.com. And Sharon, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing with us what you've discovered and how we can apply that for our own lives, for uh, interactions with people around us in a way that really helps us to communicate in a more intelligent, conscious way so that we're able to have those conversations and connect with people on a different level. This has been absolutely fascinating. It has been my joy to be able to share this with you, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, everybody, make sure that you subscribe. You can subscribe on YouTube or wherever you're listening to this podcast and um, come back for the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we listen to the radio, we never agree on the station. Classic rock. Hip-hop. Pop. Guys, quiet. The one thing we do agree on, we all want an awesome free phone. That's why we switched to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four free phones of your choice from brands you love, like Samsung, Motorola, and LG when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Free phone requires port. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.